Y'all doing good tonight? Everybody comfortable? Glory to God. This is the year that dreams come true. Y'all still hooked on that? I hope none of you put that down. I, mean, I heard somebody think that, uh, well, Brother Moore said that last year. But yeah, but it hadn't been a year. Anybody still got some stuff they're hooked up on they haven't seen yet? I mean, I'm thankful. What a way to start this year. What a, what a way to end last year. I mean, I had an awesome year. God's so good to us. We, we got our dream home, and, and the Lord's so good to our business, and our children are healthy, and, and serving the Lord, and I'm here and serving the Lord. God's so good to us. It's been an awesome year. But, but stay in faith and keep expecting until you got everything you promised. Don't just put dates on a calendar. Don't just come to a point in time and stop and say, well, you know, I miss God this much time. No, no, no. Stay hooked. Stay with it. Keep expecting. Glory to God. Lisa and I were visiting last night. We were, we were talking about a few years ago. Uh, we went to uh, uh, Winter's uh, Bible Seminar. I mean, you all been there before? And we had never been. Uh, we had enjoyed uh, uh, Dr. Kenneth Hagin's teaching by tape, but I had the desire to see him. I'd never seen him live. And uh, we'd also been enjoying some of Brother Moore's teaching and uh, wanted to see him live. Never had seen either one. Heard the tapes, you know, but, but hadn't seen him live. And thought that would be nice. So we took off work and we prayed about it. And we called Rhema and they wouldn't give us the itinerary. They wouldn't tell us who's speaking when. So we prayed about it and we picked the day that the Lord, we thought was that's the day. And we can't show up a whole long time because somebody's watching the kids and we got to get back. So we show up at the morning, morning uh, meeting and, and we're pumped up. And, you know, we just know Brother Hagen's going to preach and it's going to be great. And the service started out and this gentleman got up that I'd never seen in my life. And I sat there halfway through the service, and he was good. Lisa, I asked Lisa, was he good? She said he was really good. I said, I don't remember much of it. I was upset. <laughs> and so uh, we made it through the first service, and, and a great man of God, wonderful word. And we got out of the first service, and uh, they announced at the end of the first service who was teaching next, and it wasn't Brother Hagen, and it wasn't Brother Moore. So uh, we're walking, we're walking out, and my wife knows me pretty well, and we're walking out towards the tape tables, and she asked me, she said, uh, so what are we going to do now? Are we going to stay the rest of the day? Or are we just going to head on back to Springfield? And uh, before I could say head on back to Springfield, the Lord spoke up inside of me. He said, why are you leaving? I said, well, you know. <laughs> I said, uh, Brother Hagin's not speaking. He said, so? I said, Brother Moore, he's not speaking. He said, so? And I said, this guy you got, I never heard of him. He said, I've heard of him and I like him. <laughs> so we made an adjustment. And I told Lisa, I said, we're staying. She said, who's this guy speaking? I said, I don't have any idea. <laughs> and I made an adjustment in my, on the inside of me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I made an adjustment. I got in faith on that second service. And I saw some things come to pass in my life this year because of that service. It was that big of an impact on me. It was that big a deal. And it was because I made the change. I made the adjustment to get my eyes off a man and to get my eyes on the Holy Ghost and get my eyes on the Lord Jesus. Jesus is still with us, right? You know, he never misses a healing meeting. He always shows up. He said, there am I in the midst of two or three. I'm there. He always shows up to healing school. And that's what we're going to talk about just a little bit tonight. I'm excited about it. Glory to God. How many of you guys are hooked with us? In faith, believing, expecting? That's good. That's good. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. Our eyes are on you. 
May you be the most seen, the most heard. We reverence you. We respect you, Lord. We appreciate your word. We're so thankful for you giving us the Bible. Lord, we ask you for illumination, revelation, truth that makes free. For the anointing, Lord, that sets people free. For the healing anointing to be strong in the atmosphere, Lord. For us to have understanding and to receive all that you have for us, all that you've done for us, Lord. And as we hear your word, we hear it with the intent to do it. And as we do, we know we'll be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I remember uh, um, I was listening to Brother Moore on tape, and something that he taught and, and would say often in healing school, I'm quick, I'm sharp, I'm bright, good looking, very rich, and a major blessing. You guys heard that too, huh? And uh, the first time I ever heard it was on a tape. I was at work, and I heard him say that on the tape, and I thought, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. That guy's funny. Yeah, I missed it. <laughs> and, and the idea was, uh, very rich. You ain't seen my bank account. <laughs> yeah. One or two of those I could pick and believe. The quick and the sharp, that really messed with me because I know what my grades were in school. And I'll say, How many of you guys know it's important what you think about yourself? Yeah. It's important what you say about yourself, yeah. right? Well, that's when I heard it on tape. Now, the very next time I heard it was one of our first services here. Some of you may have been here to remember it. I'm, I'm sure some of you do. But Brother Moore was ministering, and I was sitting right here where Brother Vernon's sitting. And he said that. He said, I'm quick, I'm sharp, I'm bright. And I started giggling. (laughs) And some of y'all did too. (laughs) It wasn't just me. And Brother Moore wasn't real happy about it. He looked out there and he said, I'm not trying to be funny. And I said, no, sir, I'm not giggling either. It was the guy next to me. It wasn't me. (laughs) But you make that adjustment and you make that change because... I mean, I came from a world with a, with a little bit of a messed up head, and, and I didn't know how much God loved me. I didn't know how good he was. Amen. I didn't know how special I was to him. Amen. And I didn't know how he thought about me. And we took this. I teach uh, uh, children's class fairly often, and we took this to them. And uh, we're, we're teaching them same same thing you all get. That's what we teach the kids. And uh, we gave that to them. They've all got it memorized. I mean, they can say it quick, sharp, bright, good. You know, and, I, and every once in a while, we'll intentionally leave out something. I'm quick, I'm sharp, I'm bright, very rich in a major blessing of the way. Oh, we're good, good looking. We're, we're good looking. <laughs> I mean, they believe this. And so we ask them, okay, prove everything by the word. Don't just go by what we told you. We know you love us. We know you respect us, but that's not good enough. What does the Bible say? Can you all find the verses? And these kids, I mean, they are sharp. Man, they came to me. I, I said, you know, we'll give you a week or so to think about it. we come back the next week. And we asked, I mean, they got verse after verse. After, I got the mind of Christ on the apple of his eye. I mean, they got verse after verse, piles of them. Of, of, and I mean, they found them. You know, we didn't tell them. They found it. And they bring it to you and they go, it's in the Bible. We believe it. We believe it. <laughs> Glory to God, there's healing. In every line of that confession. It's how God looks at you. It's how he thinks. Glory to God. And it's important how we look at ourselves. We are the healed protecting our health. We are. We are. Glory to God. And that part about uh, being a major blessing. Well, that's big in the heart of God. You, uh, it's, it's hard to be a major blessing. If I tonight was at St. John's Hospital with IV stuck in me and my body racked with pain and broke, I wouldn't be here. 
and it would be hard to be a blessing. Yeah, and you all the same way. I mean, God's looking to get laborers in the field to help not take them out. So you kind of keep those things in mind because he thinks a little different than some people. But don't take my word for it. Just search the scriptures, look that up. Y'all, when you get home, you can start looking up and find out where God says you're sharp and you're bright and you're quick and you're good looking. It's all in there. It really is. And uh, I'm thankful for it. Glory to God. I am excited tonight. I believe I got a word from the Lord. Um, Of all the subjects in the world you could teach on, I don't know of any I would rather hear about or minister on than the, the subject of healing. It's, it's so important to me. It's, it's such a vital part of the gospel. Uh, it is good news. And I am convinced that it's God's will to heal. Yes. I am totally and completely convinced. How about you guys? Yes. Yeah. And if you're not, stick with us and, and follow along in the book. Don't just take what I say for it. Don't just take, you know, what some other minister says. But, but check it out in the Word, and that's where we'll look at it and, and see exactly what God has to say about it. Um, as a uh, as a young boy, I was saved, and I spent years not in the Word. That's not real good. God's merciful, though, isn't He? Yes, He is. And in those years not in the Word, I got all kinds of wacky ideas of traditions of men. Everybody heard of traditions before? Not the good kind of traditions where you get together and have a family dinner and love on each other and exchange gifts. I'm talking about crazy, wacky traditions that you kind of make up because you prayed the prayer and... Uh, seemingly the word didn't work, so you decide that, well, God didn't want to heal me. And, and other such things of that thought. But thank God, when I was a teenager, I got hooked up in a Bible study. And a man that loved the Lord opened up the word of God and explained some things to me. And one of the things that I had known from a young boy was the integrity of this word. Of knowing that this word is the B-I-B-L-E. It's the Bible. It's the book for me. It's God's word. It's his will. It's his plan. And the answers to life are in the book. Actually, life's in the book. And I was taught that in that Bible study, and I'm I'm so thankful for it. (laughs) I'm reminded of the years that uh, uh, Brother Dave and I taught Bible study together for quite a few years. And it was interesting because he grew up the other way. He was taught from an early age this book. In, in very specific detail and was very well versed on the word of faith and some really good things and helped me out a lot. And, and when we started teaching together, we, we bumped up against quite a bit of traditions of men, quite a bit of different kinds of thinking of how God doesn't heal and how, how God doesn't want to prosper you and, and how that if you're saved, you know, you're going to heaven, but that's about all you can hope for. And uh, I was real versed in the tradition side of thing. And uh, we'd hear somebody would ask a question and and we'd hear some goofy thing about tradition. And after Bible study, he'd ask me, you heard that before? I said, yeah, I've heard that one. He said, I didn't know people thought like that. I said, yeah, I thought like that too. <laughs> he said, you understand what they're talking about? He said, I said, yeah, <laughs> I understand what they're But it, it takes some mind renewal to get in here and to make this your final authority. And I really like what Brother Moore said a couple of weeks. It's where we started when we started this church. And he uh, said it a couple, couple Friday nights ago when he was teaching on the subject of healing. Question everything. What you believe, what you know. Make sure it's in the book. Yes. Make sure you got scripture for it. Make sure you're not just doing it out of mental ascent or just out of habit or just because you've always done it that way. Check it out. Make sure it's in, make sure it's in the Bible. Make sure it's right. Amen. Glory to God. Make the word your final authority. You know, one word from God can change your entire life. Amen. God has done that for me time and time again. He is so merciful. 
He is so kind. But I'm excited about the subject of healing. I mean, it's uh, when I first started studying it, kind of selfish intent. I didn't want to hurt no more. God met me where I was and showed me some things. I mean, you get hurting bad enough, you'd be willing to believe this. <laughs> yeah. It's good not to hurt. And it's good to be free, and it's good not to have your finances wrecked. I mean, sickness is a thief. It steals your time. It steals your peace, your joy, your finances, time at the doctor's office. Anybody ever had a short doctor's visit? Nothing against doctors, but you get there and just be prepared to stay a while. But God wants us free from all that and out helping people and being a blessing. I like the way F.F. Bosworth said it. He said, faith begins where the will of God is known. In other words, you can't have faith for what you haven't heard. And the faith comes from God's book. It comes from his, his word. And how would, we, how would we know the will of God? I mean, so many people talk about it like it's such a mysterious subject and there's no way to know and God's so much smarter than us and his ways are higher than us and we could just never know. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches to be not ignorant, but knowing what the will of the Lord is. And his will, quite simply put, is his word. Amen. They are the same. He does not change. Amen. His mercy's new. His faithfulness is true. I mean, that's one thing that's so cool about being perfect. You don't ever have to change anything. Because you're already doing everything right. I mean, we all change all the time and and need to. (laughs) But he's perfect and he never changes. Can you say amen? Amen. Turn to Romans chapter 10. I'm going to show you a simple verse. One of the uh, first verses that I found in the Word of God. There's much more in it than a lot of people realize. The, word of, the will of God can be clearly found in the Word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, I'll be reading these out of the King James tonight, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thy heart that God's raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's how you get saved. That's how you get born again. Verse 10, for the heart with the heart, not with the head, with the heart man believes in the righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. As I mentioned, I got saved as a, as a young boy in a church I'm, I'm so thankful for. I was at vacation Bible school. And I got saved, but years and years I didn't spend any time in the Word. And I didn't realize that I was a citizen of heaven. I mean, I knew heaven was my home, but I didn't realize I had benefits and privileges and rights. And I wasn't limited to the world system and the way the world puts up with things that I had a God that loved me, a God that cared about me. And I knew so precious little about him. And it wasn't nobody's fault but mine. I just didn't get in the book and didn't find out. So needless to say, when I got in the book, that's when people thought I got saved. (laughs) Because I started growing up and I started changing. And and I just want to show you some of the things that I saw. This is one of them. This is the, the verse that's so often used to lead people to the Lord, the salvation verse. But... I found out about a concordance, and I started looking up words. And it was a shock to me to find out that Paul didn't read out of a King James Bible. (laughs) It was originally in Greek. And so you look up some of the words because some of the English language is a little bit inadequate to describe what the words are. And if you look up the word salvation, it it means a lot more than just saved. It's a lot more than your ticket to heaven. You know, it's used interchangeably with healing. 
I wrote down some of the things that are found in that word. It's, it's a really big word, and, and one word's hard to cover. But some of the words that, that that word denotes is deliverance, saved, safety. Deliverance from everything bad. Deliverance from danger, from bondage, from suffering, from pain. It has to do with health, prosperity, peace, blessing, help, wholeness, safety, being saved, being preserved, aid, victory, protection. Get the idea? I mean, that's quite a word, isn't it? That's quite a word. And, and, the, and the shocking point of it was, to me, I was believing for the sweet by and not by. Anybody else been there? I wasn't believing for the right here and now. I didn't know that God would do anything for you right here and now. And so when I first started finding these things, it was like wonderful. It was almost like too good to be true. I mean, I would, I would question people, and, and, and some people had some interesting ideas of why they didn't believe it, but I kept coming back to saying, but it's, it's here, it's, it's in the book. Show me why you don't believe it from the book. You know, and that's what we're doing when we're looking at healing. Uh, we're going to give you some scriptural references to why we believe it's God's will to heal. I'm convinced it is. I'm convinced it's always his will to heal now. Everybody, all the time, from anything, right now. Right? Right now. Right now. Turn to Jeremiah 29. <laughs> Glory to God. How many of y'all got a praying mama? I got one. I'm thankful she's here tonight. She gave me this verse a few years ago, and I kept it plastered on my bathroom mirror for a good decade. And it's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. We've recently moved, and I need to find it. I uh, lost the card. (laughs) But I'll get it back on the mirror. (laughs) How many of y'all know it's good to keep the word up in front of you? Right? I mean, there's nothing wrong. And I mean, I do little things like this, little little cue cards with, with nothing but verses on it that bless you. And, and you put them in your pocket. Um, you know, I, I, I picked up something Miss Phyllis said. Um, she was talking the other night, that, uh, was it last Friday night, the ministry about the hats. That blessed me. Y'all enjoy that? Man, that woman can preach. That blessed me. And uh, she was talking about, you know how the enemy just comes at you and attacks you just relentlessly, the same thing over and over, and you're not going to make it, you're, you're, you're going to fail, God doesn't love you, you messed up, you ought to be feeling bad because you messed up, and all these lies and all this stuff. And, and, and I was thinking, you've got to come up with something different to say. I mean, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm, I'm healed by His stripes. God loves me. God cares for me. He's merciful. You know, you don't have to have 95 different things to say. You can have one word. You can have one thing to say. And, and the thing that keeps coming across to me so often is God is merciful. He is merciful. He is so good to me. He is so kind. Look in Jeremiah 29. We're talking about healing tonight. We're talking about God's will, God's word, how he thinks, how he speaks. How would you know what the will of the Lord is? How would you know? Let's take a look. We'll look at this first in the King James. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. What's he thinking? Thoughts of peace, not of evil. There's a surprise for a lot of folks. To give you an expected end. Then you shall call upon me, 
And you shall go and pray to me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. That's how God thinks about us. He's a good God. He's not mad. When I first learned that in Bible study that God wasn't mad, that was a shock. (laughs) I was convinced. Anybody ever been called to the principal's office? I used to know my principal real well. And I kind of related that to kind of like God because he's a big authority. And whenever I got to the principal's office, I was always in trouble. He was never, but he was a sweet man. It took me a while to get used to it. But, you know, the Lord wants to talk to us, and he's not mad. How about that for a thought? He's not mad at us. He's not looking to get back at us. He's not disappointed. Can you say amen? amen. Don't, don't quit on me now. I got quiet when I said he's not disappointed. He's not disappointed in you. He loves you. He's planned a future, a hope. Bright future. He thinks you're good looking. Thanks you're rich. Thanks you're healed from the top of your head, the soles of your feet. Now where you receive it depends on what you believe. Because if you're thinking it's going to be in the sweet by and by, which I spent decades there, that's what you'll experience. Because in heaven you're not going to have a great big choice of being sick. They won't let you be sick up there. Okay? But down here you do have a choice. And the deciding factor is you and what you believe and what you speak and what you think and what you say. It's not Him. See, so many people put it off on God. It's, it's all up to Him. It's all up to what He... Mm-mm. As for Him, He wrote it in blood. He put it in a contract that's unmovable, that's unchangeable. And He always looks at you as the healed of the Lord. doesn't look at you any other way. And He's looking for your agreement. And your agreement goes into your thoughts and into your words. Um, have we got this in the NIV, the same, the same verse? Jeremiah 29, 11, 12, and 13. Yeah, they're quick. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me. And find me when you seek me with all your heart. Isn't it neat that God will listen to us? Anybody ever heard that God made them sick? It's a lie. It's not true. I'd heard that. I was one of the one of the traditions I'd heard. You know, He's trying to teach you something. He's got something for you to learn. The only thing I ever learned from being sick is it hurts, and it's not fun. Okay. And the people that I mean, we all kind of laugh because we get taught this every week. But there are millions. We are in the minority. There are millions that believe traditions of men above and beyond the Word, and it voids the Word in their life. It hurts them. It pleases the enemy. That you believe something other than what God said about you because He's not mad. He's got a good plan for you. He's got a good future for you. Plan to prosper you. Plans of peace and not to harm you. And the Lord doesn't make us sick, and He doesn't want us sick, and He has nothing to do with it. He does not have sickness. Sickness cannot exist in His presence. It's not in His plan. It never has been. There was no sickness in the Garden of Eden. Everywhere Jesus went, what did He do? Teaching, preaching, healing. Everywhere He went, sickness couldn't hang around Him. He couldn't even go to a funeral without messing it up. Okay? In Revelations, no sickness. How about in heaven? I don't want to get in my head of myself. I'll give you some verses for these. There's no sickness in heaven. I, you know, that was one thing we never heard in Bible study. Out of all the messed up stuff that we heard and some of the messed up stuff that I thought, I never heard anybody say there's sick folk in heaven. There's not any. There's not any. 
everybody's well up there and, and God's doing pretty good. They're walking on streets of gold. And he says here in Jeremiah, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. God never changes. He always thinks the same thing. <laughs> you know, that's one thing I'm thankful that I, that I picked up from my mother. She always thought good thoughts about me. When I messed up and I did the wrong thing, she's still thinking good thoughts. I didn't think she's smart enough to know what I was doing, but she's saying good things over me and thinking good thoughts over me. God's that way. He's got good thoughts about you. He thinks about you and he smiles really big. And he says, you know what? They're going to make it. It's going to be all right. They're coming through. I believe in them. You know, God puts his faith on you. He's hooked with you. He believes with you. He's the, he's the biggest faith buddy you'll ever get a hold of. And he never quits and he never gives up. He never gives up. You know, one of the things that I am so looking forward to is finishing the course and arriving into heaven and hearing, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. How about you guys? And the one thing that I don't want to hear is if I mess up, I've told Brother Dave, if I mess up, I'm going to be the easiest guy to raise from the dead he ever saw. <laughs> if I mess up and I show up early, I don't want the Lord going, boy, you are so early. You had work to do, and now Brother Dave has to do all your work because you ain't there. I don't want to show up early. I want to finish my course. And I don't want to just exist in life. I want to enjoy it. Plenty of time. Plenty of health, plenty of strength, plenty of resources, plenty of anointing, plenty of word in me, plenty of money, right? To be what? A major blessing. What leads men to repentance? You know, when I first saw that verse, it absolutely shocked me. I thought that is the strangest thing. I thought hellfire and preaching brimstone led men to heaven. I didn't know it was the goodness of God. I'm like, is, is, could God be that good? And, and, and he wants people to know that he's that good and... And he'd be good to everybody, and he'd be good to me now? <laughs> it's Bible. It's Bible. He always thinks the same towards us. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Let me ask you a real simple question because the kids all know this. Sickness, good or bad? You know half the world doesn't know that. They're thinking that their sickness has something to do with God teaching them something. And that God wants them to learn something. And they don't even believe it themselves because they'll spend millions of dollars. You know, one of the biggest industries in the world right now is pharmaceutical companies. And people will spend millions of dollars to get out of the will of God. So they don't even believe it. But I believe God wants us all well. All of us. All the time. Right now. Glory to God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. His will is healing. His word is His will. It never changes. It's in the plan of God. Always has been. Turn to Psalm 107. This is a healing verse I gave to my daughter when she was little. She's almost as tall as me now. My kids were so excited when they found out I was ministering tonight. And it tickled me when I first heard it that my kids were excited. And Lisa said, why are you guys excited that Daddy's preaching? They said, we get out of church early. <laughs> I thought maybe it's some other reason they wanted to hear me or something. They're good kids. Psalm 107. <laughs> Glory to God. 
107, verse 19 in the King James. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. He heard them, didn't he? Just like in Jeremiah. In verse 20, he sent his word and he healed them. And he delivered them from their destruction. How did he heal them? Heal them with his word. Verse 21, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Glory to God, he's a good God. I want to encourage you tonight, don't just wait for an event. What I mean by that, I've caught myself doing that in healing services. You know, I'll put up with the teaching and I'll, and I'll make it through the service. If I can just get to the healing line, I'll be all right. right. You know, and we'll be led of the Holy Ghost. But what if there's not a healing line tonight? Yeah. Right. right? You can receive right now. Yes. Put, your, put your faith out there. Expect it right now. Yes. Right here, what did it say? He sent his word and he healed them, right? Yes. We got his word. Right here, we got His Word on it, that He sent His Word. Is this the Word of God? Yes. It's, it's that simple to receive it. Don't make it hard and difficult. You know, Jesus, Jesus, the things of the Lord are simple. They're easy. They're, they're childlike. I mean, they escape educated people. But it's, the Lord makes it so easy. It's as easy as you take the Word and you believe it and you, and you receive it. Remember what it says in Mark, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. Believe you take them, right? And that's what we do here with the Word. We just believe it. We just act on it. We just receive it. Things that we desire, things like healing, things like prosperity, things like peace. And I tell you what, it's good to be free from pain. It's good not to hurt. I am so thankful. God is so good to us. Glory to God. Just take it. Don't, uh, you know, I like what Brother Hagin said, don't miss the supernatural while looking for the spectacular. You know, I, I've seen some, some people healed, some things done, and it's not always why the organ music's playing real fast, and it's not always why the preacher's sweating and going. And I mean, sometimes they just sit in there in their seat, and they, and they just take it, just like that. We had a, uh, we had a lady in healing school uh, one of the first times I taught. And uh, we taught, and we still do, on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Okay. Well, she came to the Tuesday message and, and sat there and listened to it. And so many times you don't know what's wrong with, with people. But uh, we, we were teaching on the simplicity of faith and how easy it is to receive from God and how you just believe and you take it and you take hold of it, right? We taught on that all day Tuesday. We taught on that all day Wednesday. And, and it was so simple and it was so good. And uh, Thursday she came back and, and it was before the service and, and uh, she caught me outside and said, uh, I can't come to the service today. I said, well, why? She said, I'm no longer qualified. I, I said, what you mean, sister? She said, I'm not sick no more. I said, well, glory to God, tell me what happened. She said, well, you know, I was taking notes and, and, and you were teaching and it all seemed to make sense and it all seemed to, to be good and I received it the best I knew how. And she said, Wednesday night, I was laying in my bed and I was hurting. And uh, I had taken the pills, and they didn't work. And she said, it hit me. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm not sick. He set me free by his word. And she said, just like that, I got it. And I said, well, sister, I said, you could come to healing school. We won't tell nobody you're not sick. You can... <laughs> we'll let you stay and visit. It's all right. She says, you don't understand. She said, I haven't got to go shopping. 
I've had my, my money taken from me. She said, I got stuff to do. I got to go shop. You all have a good day. I got to go. <laughs> and it's just that simple. It wasn't spectacular. We didn't have a healing line that week. You know, it wasn't writing on the wall, you know, and, and it can be. I mean, God moves in special ways, but, but don't miss just the simple ministering of the word. Yes. Just the simple faith, just the simple truth that sets free. Yes. Glory to God. Glory. I believe it's working in here right now. Yes. I believe it's working right now. Everybody say this. I'm ready, I'm ready. to receive, to receive. Right, now. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's healing people right now, right now. There's no time or distance in the space. Those of you in the Internet, it works for you too. Just receive it. His words have life in them. His words have power in them. He sent his word and he healed us. What was Jesus? The word made flesh. And Jesus is still with us. I used to think if, 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 if just Jesus was here, man, if I could just touch the hem of his garment like that lady, I could get healed. He's still here. <laughs> Whoever told you he wasn't. I told you I had some goofy ideas. <laughs> He's still here and he loves us. Glory to God. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at some stuff in the New Testament. Don't think you already know this. This is some real stuff, simple things. This particular passage, most people can quote it. There's sinners that can quote this, this whole verse. But there's healing in it. Amen. Glory to God. This is often called, in my Bible, it's, it's uh, titled How to Pray. People often call it the Lord's Prayer. But really it's the believer's prayer. Right. It's the pattern that he set for us. It's the, th- it's the way that the Lord would have us pray. And then I'll ask a question. Why pray? Why would you pray? Got quiet. Why pray? A lot of people think that the will of God's automatic. It's not. That was a surprise to me. I thought, well, you know, God knows where I lived, and uh, he knows I want to be healed. And I even asked him, Lord, heal me. And uh, nothing happened, and I didn't believe anything would happen anyway. Right? Because I believed, well, Lord, whatever your will is, that's what I want done. Just whatever your will, Lord, if it's your will to heal me, Lord, I know you know where I live. I know you can do it. I know you can make it happen. And, Lord, if it's not your will to heal me, well, maybe I'll get it in heaven. And why am I praying? Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. After this manner, therefore, ye pray. This is Jesus talking. You think Jesus knew how to pray? Think he was effective in his prayers. Think he just wasted time and wasted air. Think he prayed effectively. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the pattern that the Lord taught us to pray. There's a couple, I mean, there's a whole lot of things in this, but a couple I really want to look at. Thy will be done in earth. As it is in heaven. I mentioned this earlier. Any sick people in heaven? No. So what's his will on the earth? It's the same thing. He's the same God. He's not happy that we should go, well, you know, we're just going to wait till we get to heaven. 
We'll wait till the sweet by and by and we can all get over there and we can all shout together and we can all rejoice. You know what pleases God? Rejoice now. Believe it now. Receive that He's done it now. Take Him at His word and believe Him over what you feel. Believe Him over what the doctor said. You know, I've seen this with people. You know, they, they, they used to putting faith in a doctor. You know, I, I had a person a while back and uh, had, a, had an evil report from the doctor and worried about it all week. And they said, you know, it looks so bad. We're going to do another test. We're going to do another test. And so all week they were distressed about it. They were upset about it. And the week before it wasn't a big deal because they hadn't got a doctor's report. Well, came up at the end of the week. They went to the doctor and they came back and I saw them a day later and they're all smiling. I said, do you feel any better? They said, no. I said, why are you smiling? The doctor said everything's going to be okay. Got this bottle of pills, not a big deal. Had a little bit of insufficiency in my body and life's good. And they were happy about it. And the only thing that changed is what the doctor said. Would that we could believe God just that simple. He's never lied. He's never missed it. He's always got good things to say. He's very predictable. You always know what he's going to say. He's always going to say good things. He's always going to have good thoughts. He's always going to have a good plan. And you look here, it says, um, deliver us from evil. I'm telling you, sickness is one of the more I see it, and I've seen a lot of it. It's, it's evil. It's demonic. It's deadly. It's, it's a thief. It's a killer. It's a destroyer. In so many ways, it's evil. And it's just as simple as black and white. It's just as simple as our kids look at sickness is bad. We don't want that. Healing's good. We want that. It's just that simple. It's not any more difficult than that. Look at uh, John chapter 8. I am convinced that it's God's will to heal. Amen. How about you guys? Amen. Hang with us. You can be more convinced. You can. Your faith can grow in this. I mean, you can get to the point that you're just like Jesus. I mean, family members think twice where they invite you to a funeral. <laughs> Laugh. That's where we're heading. Amen. You can get stronger in this word. You can get so strong that the devil comes up with a great big thing that he thinks is a big deal, and you go, ah, cancer ain't no different than a cold. Amen. It's not a big deal. Amen. I don't magnify that. Amen. I magnify God's Word, His blood Amen. that He shed for me, the covenant that Amen. says I'm healed, that says I'm saved, that says I'm delivered. Come on, man. Come on. John chapter 8, verse 28. How would you know what the will of God is? How would you know what God the Father's like? How would you know how He thinks? His words, His will. Amen. And printed on the pages is how He thinks, and He never changes. He's no respecter of persons. Amen. He's not mad. Amen. He loves us. Amen. He cares for us. John chapter 8, verse 28. And then said Jesus unto them, When you've lifted up the Son of Man, you shall know that I am He, and that I do nothing of Myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. Glory to God. Verse 29, And he that sent me is with me, and the Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And as he spake these words, many believed on him. How's faith come? It comes by hearing, and Jesus is speaking faith, and they're picking it up. In verse 31, Jesus said unto the Jews which believed on him, If you continue 
in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What is the truth? God's word's truth. Healing is truth. Jesus is truth. And Jesus, if you ever want to know what God's like, you look at his son. They are the mirror image of each other. When, when, when uh, Jesus looks in the mirror, he sees the Father. He only said what he said. What, I mean, would that we should do that. Just say what he said. That's, it, it's that simple. It's not real hard. It's not real complicated. It's not real he said, I do nothing of myself, but as my spot, Father taught me, that's what I speak. And we still have his word, and we still have the Holy Ghost, and we still have his will. And it hasn't changed. Amen. His will's still good. Amen. It's not automatic, though. Nope. You've got to stand for it. Yep. You've got to take hold of it. You've got to believe it. You've got to receive it. Yes. You've got to refuse to give up. Refuse to quit. Yes. Hold on to it. Hang on. Yes. Don't, quit. don't quit. You know, if I could tell you one thing, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. I mean, if you're talking about receiving the Word in any area, you know, even in the, in the area of sowing and reaping, What's the verse in Galatians that says that you will reap if you faint not? Well, why would that verse need to be there if there wasn't sometimes a waiting period between seed time and harvest? I mean, we see it instantly sometimes, but sometimes you don't see it instantly. Even in the life and ministry of Jesus that ministered perfectly and only did what the Father did, you didn't see it always instantly. Sometimes, sometimes it was a process. But nevertheless, you believe God right now. You release your faith right now. You count His Word as true. You hold on it. You don't let go of it. You don't turn loose of it. You stay with it. You don't quit. Boy, that's something about faith. You see, when you start looking at faith in the Bible and how faith talks and how faith looks and how it responds and how it speaks and how it acts, it never gives up. It never quits. It doesn't get discouraged. It just stays after it. And it always works. Can you say amen? amen? Faith always works. The truth always makes free. Glory to God. John 8, let's see. Let's go to John 14. We'll reinforce this very same thought. Y'all believing with me tonight? I have a hard time picking a verse out of John chapter 14. One of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. One of my wife's favorite chapters too. I mean, if you just read the red letter stuff, you'd only get to leave out about three verses. (laughs) But we'll start in verse number eight. And uh, we get a question from one of the Lord's own, from one of his disciples that had walked with him and talked with him and slept with him, somebody on his ministry team. Question that we kind of smile when we see, but I might have asked the same question. Verse number eight, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it'll satisfy us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you such a long time, and yet you've not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How can thou sayest then, Show us the Father? Believe not, or said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, and the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing that Jesus is the express image of the Father. That if you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. Was Jesus ever mad at people? He loved people. He loved people. I mean, sure, he got irritated when people walked in unbelief. (laughs) But he loved people, and he was kind, and he was good. 
Verse number 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, does that read right in your Bible? The works that I do, believeth on me, the works that I do, you shall do also. Is that what that says? Wow. And greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you ask, that means anything. If you ask in my name, I'll do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Anybody ever heard the tradition? Well, that was just Jesus. I mean, I know he healed them. I know he laid hands on them, but that was just him. Or that was just the apostles. That was just the disciples. That was just the early church. We are the early church. Right? But right here it says, verse 12, Verily I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater work shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Healing's still going on in the planet. Yes, the ministry of the Lord Jesus hadn't stopped. Amen. Healing meetings hadn't stopped. Yes. People getting set free, getting delivered, hadn't stopped. The truth flowing out hasn't Amen. stopped. Amen. God hadn't changed, has He? Amen. People have changed, but God hasn't. It's up to us to get into His Word and find out that we're to be imitators of Him like dear children. We're to act like Him. This was the whole, the, the, the ministry, the purpose of Jesus was to destroy the works of the devil. And, and, and when he left, I mean, if you read this 14th chapter, he sent the Holy Spirit to empower us and to help us so that we could do what he did. Yeah. I mean, his disciples were in training. You call the 12, you train them. Then you call 70 more and you train them. And then you go to the Great Commission and you call everybody and you send everybody out teaching, preaching, healing. Yeah. Glory to God. That's the way it's supposed to be. His word's perfect. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. You know, when I first heard that verse quoted in uh, church services as a healing verse, I didn't understand it. So what? He's the same. Well, I didn't understand it because I didn't know how good he was. (laughs) I thought he was mad. I was hoping he would change. (laughs) I thought I had to wait to heaven to get healed, you know. But it was me that needed to change. He's always been right. He's always been perfect. He's never missed it. He's never missed it. He's so good to us. Glory to God. Jesus is the express image of the Father. If you want to know what God's like, you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you look at the Lord Jesus, and there is your example. Absolute, sinless, spotless perfection, but the example for us to follow. The example for us to imitate and us to be like. He's the same forever. He never changes. He never changes. If he's ever healed anybody, he'll heal you. That's what we're saying again. I said if he's ever healed anybody, he'll heal you. Turn to Acts. Acts chapter 10. This was one of the first verses verses in the whole Bible that I intentionally memorized. When I found it, I thought it was such a wonderful verse. You know, Jesus never turned away anybody that was seeking him for healing or for anything. He just asked him. I mean, you found this phrase in a lot. What can I do for you? What would you that the Son of Man would do for you? How can I help you? What's your request? And you can't find anywhere in the Bible where he said, well, that's hard. I can't do that. I'm sorry you messed up last week. Uh, if you'll go and say something and repent and come see me next month, we'll try it then. 
He never did that. He always granted the request, whatever it was. He asked what he could do for him, then he did. He never denied anybody of healing, and you know something? He never will. Amen. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. When I read this verse, I had a hard time believing it at first. Acts 10:38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Man, the first time I had that thought, the sickness was satanic pressure. I didn't hardly believe it. And I'd have to go back and read it. I'd, go, I'd never heard anybody teach on it. His sickness is being satanic oppression. I mean, as a believer, we have no rights to it. It's not ours. It's the devil's. God doesn't want us to have it. It can't abide in his presence. It's satanic oppression. It's bad. You don't want any of it. That's all you got to know about sickness. And God's a good God. What'd he go about doing? Healing all. How many? Most of them. Some of them. Just the ones in the hometown. Actually, the ones in the hometown didn't believe him. Didn't make him very happy either, did it? They said in Nazareth he could do no mighty work. Didn't say he wouldn't, said he couldn't. Because they, they didn't believe him. So see, again, healing is not automatic, but it's, it's also not all up to God. That was such a surprise to me. I thought if he wanted me healed, he knows how to do it. But we'll see it in here. I'll show you in the book that it's not just all up to him. He requires faith on our part. In uh, Hebrews 11, I believe it's 6, it says, uh, He that comes, it's impossible to please God without faith. Because he that comes to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Why is it impossible to please God without faith? Because he's hard, because he's difficult? No. Because he loves us. And faith is how you receive. It's how you take hold. It's how you get what he's got for you. It's how you take hold of your healing. It's how you receive your healing. It's how you hang on to it. If you're well, it's how you stay well. Is by your faith in the word and by staying strong in the word. Let me give you a hint if you all ain't figured it out. I figured this out a few years ago. It's a lot easier to stay well. <laughs> it is. I mean, God's got healing for everybody, and that's wonderful. But once you get to the healed place, don't stop and go, okay, I'm done. I, I can go look at something. No, stay in it. Stay in what got you well. Stay strong in it. Stay, and, and help your friends. You know, I'm, I am so thankful for the privilege to share some of what the Lord's helped me with. Because like I said, when I first got into it, it was purely selfish motivation. And, uh, and now you see that God's got a world vision in mind. God loves people. And God wants to help people. And he's not willing that any should perish. That's not just a get to heaven verse. He's not willing that any should perish in their body. Sickness doesn't glorify God. Healing glorifies God. Miracles glorify God's word manifested in you. That's what glorifies God. Can you say amen? amen. I could quote this one. Let's go to John 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. We'll look at this first in the uh, King James. Jesus never turned anybody away that came to him seeking healing. Not one single time in the entire Bible can you find it. Not once. And he doesn't now. He hasn't changed. He's still the same. Glory to God. Anybody wonders why he came? John chapter 10, verse 10. The, th the thief came. Who's that? 
That's our enemy. We have an enemy. All aware of that? He came before to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That's why Jesus came. Okay? Not, and he's not just talking about when you get to heaven. He's talking about right now. What, what did he do teaching, preaching, healing, all the way through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? What did he do? He, he taught what? This is acceptable year of the Lord of the times now. I'm come to set the captive free, to heal, to help. Right to minister to people, and uh, if y'all wait till you get to heaven, we'll get you'll get it then. Is that what he taught? It's not what he taught. He taught right now. Matter of fact, he had people. He taught that so much. He had a lady come up to him when he was ministering, <laughs> and she just got a hold of the hem of his garment and she took a healing. She didn't ask him; she took it. And he turned around, and I mean, she touched the hem of God. The power of God was released. The healing went into her body. She took it by faith, and he didn't even know about it till it happened. And the virtue left his body, and he turned around and he said, Who touched me? Now, that tells you right there she didn't fall out in the street. She's still standing. But that was that easy. She did it. And he wasn't mad because she's thinking, Oh, oh I got caught. <laughs> he was happy. She took a healing. He's liking it. This is God's will. It pleases him. It pleases him. You find out what his will is and you don't ask, you don't even have to ask, Lord, would you heal me? I mean, how many mom and daddies I got in here? Any of you enjoy seeing your kids sick? God's better than us. He don't like seeing his kids sick. Not for a moment. Not for any reason. I mean, as, as upset as I've ever got with my children and disciplined them or, or, or um, corrected them, I've, I've never wished on them that, you know what, you need to be sick for a couple of days. That'll straighten you out. Matter of fact, if you do that in this country, you go to jail. And God's better than that. He's a good father. He loves you. He cares about you. Sent his son to destroy the works of the devil that you would enjoy the good life. Amen? He wants us to enjoy the good life. Luke chapter 6. I am totally and completely convinced that it is God's will to heal everyone. Right now. Right now. Glory to God. Luke 6, verse 17. And he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all of Judea, Jerusalem, from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed. The two are attached. And they were vexed with unclean spirits, and and they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for they went virtue out of him and healed them all. If you back up and look at this, this is, I mean, a multitude is a bunch of people. We don't really even have a multitude in here tonight. We probably do if you count the Internet and, and airwaves and stuff. You count all of us together, we've got a multitude. But this is a tremendous crowd of people that gather for two reasons. To hear how faith come? How, fa- how does faith come? comes by hearing, right? And the second thing, to be healed. They were connected, okay? And out of all those groups of people, you think that there was anybody that, if, if there was going to be somebody that wasn't God's will to heal, you'd have seen it in that group of people. If there was somebody that had messed up, you think any of them had sinned that week? You think anybody was dealing with some condemnation? You think anybody hadn't walked the perfect walk? 
Let me ask you this. We're still looking. Was anybody in that whole group born again? Blood washed. Full of the Holy Ghost. And he healed how many of them? Wonder if he'd heal us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he even healed sinners. Right? So surely he would heal us. All of us. You know, I want to look. um, Go to Matthew 17. I do want to show you one, before we close tonight, one example of healing in the New Testament. This is probably my favorite of the examples in the Word of God of the Lord ministering healing. It's in uh, Matthew. It's in three different places. Matthew 17 is where we'll look at it first. But it is such an example of a father's love. It's such an example. It, It addresses faith and mercy. It addresses doubt and failure. It addresses traditions of men. It's such a wonderful example of our Father's love for us. Matthew 17, it's the, uh, it's the telling of the, of the account of the healing of the man's lunatic son. Verse 14, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he's a lunatic. His daddy loved his boy. He's sore vexed. Oftentimes he falls into the fire, oftentimes into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Now, who said that? Just think about that. We'll come back to that part. I brought him to your disciples. They could not heal him. And Jesus answered him and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil. And he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very same hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus apart and they said, Why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. Now that's the answer. Why couldn't they cast him out? The answer is in the book, because of their unbelief. And that word for that, if you look it up in the Greek, it means puny, it means small, little faith. A little bitty, puny, weak. That's why you couldn't. And it, and it bears it out. You read the rest of the verse. It says, uh, verse 20, For verily I say unto you, if you has faith as a grain of mustard seed, just a little bit of faith, just had a little bit of faith, you could say to the mountain, be removed, hence place to yonder, it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible to you. How be it this kind goes out, not but by prayer and fasting. So just a little bit of faith is powerful. Just a little bit of faith is precious. Don't let the enemy fool you that you've got to know this whole book. These guys didn't even have the book. They just had a word from God. If you can believe, all things are possible. Right? It doesn't take a whole memorization. I mean, I admire people that have done it. I've never managed to do it. But there's people that have memorized entire books of the Bible. I'd look for the shortest book if I was going to do that. But you don't have to do that. It's not that hard. All you have to do is believe what he said. Believe that God loves us. Believe that he cares about us. I mean, this, this, this man, you talk about evil and, and, and messing up a family life. This man loves his boy. And his boy's a lunatic. I mean, if he's a lunatic, you'd want to get healed, right? And in this boy's condition, it was so sad. I mean, no family life. They, they get around the water, the boy tries to drown himself. They get around the fire, he tries to throw himself in. He's suicidal. 
can't hear, he can't speak. Wouldn't be much fun at the dinner table. He falls on the floor and foams at the mouth and he has convulsions and fits. I mean, this kid's hurting. He's messed up and his daddy loves him. His daddy cares. I mean, you, you can imagine the daddy is just, what do I do? We're the best doctors to the land. We, we've done everything we know to do. The, the boy's been this way from a, from a small lad and we've got no relief. And we took him to the disciples and evidently they couldn't help. Who said they couldn't help? The man said they couldn't help. Do you read that the disciples said later, they also said they couldn't do it. And they had failed to do it. But Jesus had said that they could do it. Just a small amount of faith, just a little bit of the power of God, the same power that made the planets, the same power that made man out of dirt, out of the ground. Can God do anything? Can he heal any condition? Can he recreate the human heart? How about the blood vessels, the muscles, the tendons, the eyes, kidneys, livers, eyes, any ears? He can do it all. It's not hard for him. It just takes that much faith. Just faith is a grain of mustard seed. Just the littlest, tiniest bit of faith. And you see miracles. And you see mountains moved. It worked for this man. His boy got healed, didn't he? You know, if this man's faith worked for him and his boy, I bet you your faith will work for you. What do you think? Glory to God. God created everything you see with his faith. And he released it with the spoken word. Look at Luke 9. Failure does not define the will of God. Just because somebody tried and it didn't work doesn't mean it's not his will. What I say earlier, never give up. Never quit. Get a hold of the word and just hold on to it. And refuse to let go and stay with it. You'll get it. You'll get it. Luke 9, 1. Then he calls his disciples together and he gave them power. He gave them authority over all devils. Except some of the really big devils. Hmm? All of them. All of them. And to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. I wonder if Jesus did it right. I wonder if he commissioned them right. He did his part right. So the failure wasn't in his part and it wasn't his will, was it? Now in, in Luke, just over, over a page, verse 37. Now remember, remember where Jesus was. He was just on the Mount of Transfiguration. He'd been in the glory. He'd been in the power. He, he was talking with people that were no longer on the planet. Yep. <laughs> and he just heard the voice of the Father say, Well done. I'm pleased with you, my son. Well, that'll put a skip in your step. Yeah. Verse 37, And it came to pass that on that day, when they were come down from the hill, much people greeted him, and behold, a man of the company cried out, Master, saying, Master, I beseech you, look upon my son, for he's my only child. Steady loves his son. And lo, a spirit takes him. That's at least he didn't blame God. <laughs> he knew it was the devil. Behold, the spirit takes him and suddenly he cries out and tears him and he foams again, bruising him, 
hardly departs from him. And I besought your disciples to cast him out, and they could not. Could they have? Depends on who you ask, huh? Jesus said they could. This guy says they couldn't. Disciples said they couldn't. So it looks like they couldn't. And they were trained by Jesus. You see, it, it, it matters greatly what you think about yourself, what you say about yourself. You know, I, I've, I've been believing this. I've been trying this, and it just don't work. You're getting what you're saying. Check your words. They could not. Verse 41, And Jesus answering said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring thy son hither. Was Jesus pleased? No. He was irritated. Unbelief doesn't make him happy. Why? Because he wants the boy set free. He wants his family restored. He wants things going right for him. And in verse 42, as he was yet coming, the devil threw him down, tore him, and Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child, glory to God, delivering him again to his father. So failure does not prove the will of God. Did you hear me? Don't give up. Don't quit. Stay with it. Stay with it. Failure does not prove the will of God any more than a sinner going to hell proves that it's God's will for somebody to be lost. We all know it's His will for nobody to be lost. He doesn't want to lose anybody. He wants everybody on this planet saved, healed, full of the Word of God, full of healing, doing well. That's what He wants. That's what His will is. It never changes. It never changes. Glory to God. Let's look, uh, look at this in closing. At least we're getting close. Mark 9. That's what I've been trying to get to all night. Mark chapter 9. Failure is where some people come up with traditions. They tried something or it tried them. They didn't have success. They gave up. They quit. They didn't really believe it to start with. And then they decided, well, you know what? It, it's, you know, it must not be God's will. It's easier to believe that than to believe that I might have messed up. I was there for a long time. It's a lot easier to believe that, well, you know what? Ah, maybe there's a reason. That God's so smart and His ways are so mysterious and we just don't know and maybe not for me and not now. Instead of saying, you know what? I just didn't stick with it. I just didn't believe it. We should stick with it. Mark 9, verse 14. And when He came to His disciples, He saw the great multitude about them and scribes questioning with them. Now, you can kind of picture in this multitude, the scribes are just tearing the disciples apart. And Jesus isn't happy. This is his trained team. This is his ministry team. And they're questioning them. In verse 15, And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed. Running to him, they saluted him. Jesus probably, you could tell he'd been in the presence of God. He probably still glowed kind of like Moses did when he came down from the mountain. They had to put a veil over him. I mean, Jesus had been in the glory, talking with the Father, talking with saints that had gone on before him. And so, yeah, the guy shows up glowing. You'd be amazed too. (laughs) And in verse 16, Jesus asked the scribes, what are you questioning with them? Does he love the disciples? Oh, man. Is he happy that that the scribes and the Pharisees are ripping them apart? I told you that faith stuff don't work. I told you God don't heal no more. Who do you think you are casting out devils? you think you're Jesus? You're not. He might be able to do it, but you can't do it. This is the kind of conversation that's going on with them. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, 
which has a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he takes him, he tears him and he foams at the mouth and gnashes with his teeth and pines away. And I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. I mean, this man's trying everything he can to get his boy free. And Jesus answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. Jesus loves this boy. He loves his disciples. He loves this family. And he wants to see him restored. He wants to see him set free. Amen. Amen. And when they brought him unto him, they saw him. He saw him. And straightway the spirit tore him. He fell on the ground and he wallered foaming. See, that worked with the disciples. Verse 21. And he asked the father, this is Jesus, how long ago since it came to him? Was Jesus scared? See, this worked with the disciples. I mean, you know, you come up to heal somebody and they go in this convulsion and they're foaming at the mouth, they're rolling on the ground, really impressive, big, hairy devil, scary scene. That's how the enemy works, fear and intimidation. But Jesus was not moved. He looked at the Father. He said, how long has he been that way? Jesus knew that was over. And that devil right there knew, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. He's not scared like the other guys were. (laughs) He's prayed up and he's fasted and... uh, Man, I'm in trouble. Verse uh, verse 21, he asked his father, how long ago since it came to him? And he said of a child, and oftentimes he cast him in the fire and into the waters to destroy him. Sounds like the devil. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Can God do anything? He can do anything. And Jesus answered him, He said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. If you look that up in different translations, there's a little little bit of play on words. If I can do anything, if you can believe. See, the man was believing that it's all up to Jesus. If you want to do something about this, you're a good God, you're healing people, you can do something about it. Okay, go ahead, do your thing. And what did Jesus say? If you can believe. He put it right back on the man. Right back where the responsibility is. Right back the determining factor. Not only what the Word says. Not only what the will says. Not only what the Father says. Not only what Jesus says. But what do you say? That's the determining factor. And it was in this case too. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. If you can believe, all things are possible to him to believe. And straightway the father of the child cried out, And said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Now this was something that really blessed me when I first saw this. Because the daddy's saying, I heard what you said. I believe it. But man, my head's messing with me. I've seen this kid do this for years. I've seen it fail with your disciples. We've tried everything. We've lived with this. This has been torment. And that's one of the most impressive things I've seen that devil do in a long time. And I believe you. I do, but but help my unbelief. His head. His head's messing with him. God says it's going to be all right. He says, I believe that. But then thoughts of fear come against him. And the devil says, no, you don't believe it. No, you're double-minded. You all know the devil can quote verses, don't you? Double-minded man's not going to receive anything from God. You're double-minded. You're not getting nothing. But look at the end. Did the boy get delivered? Was the man able to believe? 
See, it wasn't just up to the it wasn't just up to God. Jesus required his faith. And evidently his faith worked because if you looked at the end, the boy got delivered. The boy got healed. He had his vision. He had his eyesight. He had his he had his hearing. He could speak. He wasn't all crazy no more. So it worked. Let me give you this phrase. Faith in your heart will work with thoughts attacking your mind of fear and doubt. Faith in your heart will work. And that blessed me so much because so many times it seems like I'm doing everything I can believe and the enemy, what's the one thing he tries to tell you when you're trying to hold on, you're trying to stand? What's he trying to tell you? It ain't going to happen. Why is it not going to happen? Because you ain't believing. But you are. Don't think just because you get in this word and just because you choose to believe it as an act of your will, don't think you're never going to have the enemy attack you with a thought. He does that to everybody all the time. It's nothing new. It's the same devil. It's the same old stuff. It's what he attacks everybody with. So don't let him, don't let him try to tear you down with that because it didn't work against this man and it won't work against you because you guys won't quit, right? You won't give up. You won't stop. You'll see it through. Glory to God. It's a heart thing. Remember what we read first in Romans, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness? It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. I believe his word. Glory to God. Straightway the father cried out with tears, Lord, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the foul spirit. He acted instantly before all the doubt and belief could show up. And he said, it was real simple, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, come out of him and enter him no more. In other words, shut up and get out. Glory to God. In verse 26, the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was one dead, insomuch that many said he is one dead. Anybody ever experienced that? You prayed, you believed God, and it just got worse? I mean, sometimes we skip right over this because you're reading and it goes by really fast, but I mean, this man had experienced failure after failure, year after year, problem after problem, and he's trying to figure out what the will of God is. And Jesus telling him the will is, is to be set free. I came that the truth would set you free. I came to set the captive free. And uh, that's not what he'd seen. He was having a hard time believing it. Glory to God. Help my unbelief. And as soon as the Lord spoke the word, it looked worse. But it wasn't worse. It was delivery. That, that devil was leaving. He was on his way out. Good, good thing the man didn't go by what he saw, huh? He went by what Jesus said. And that's, where, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to stick to what he said. In verse 26, the spirit cried out and rent him sore and came out. Can you say amen? amen. And he was one dead man in so much that everybody said, he's dead. He messed up now. He's dead. And thank God Jesus don't listen to that. Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he was come to the house, disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we cast him out? Now the boy is delivered. He's set free. And what's Jesus doing with the disciples? He's loving them. He's teaching them. He's training them. Why? Because he wants them to act like him. Don't let nobody tell you you can't act like Jesus. Don't let nobody tell you you can't imitate him. You're supposed to. And he said, this kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, I don't want to go into a teaching on fasting because we don't have time on it. But they were, they were having some problems amongst themselves. They weren't denying their flesh. They weren't prayed up. Jesus didn't stop and go fast, did he? He was already prayed up. He was already fasted. He's already walking in the power. 
See, fasting puts your flesh in submission, puts you under, denies yourself. Okay? They departed and passed through Galilee, and wouldn't that any man would know it. Skip down to um, oh, verse 33. You see what the problem was with the disciples. When he came to Capernaum and in the house, uh, he asked the disciples the questions. What uh, was it you all disputed amongst yourselves along the way? What were you all fussing and arguing about along the way? But they held their peace and nobody said nothing. They're like disputing, saying nothing. But they were all disputing about who was, who was the greatest. Who was the biggest of the big shots? Who was the best? And see, that's, that's what messed them up. Their focus was all on them and not on the Lord and not on the anointing. And that's part of what caused the problem and it's part of what caused the failure. But it, uh, it worked. Glory to God. God got him free, didn't he? Got him healed. And he set the precedence for us that he wants all of us free. He wants all of us healed. He wants all of us well. There's one last verse I want to show you before we close. Happens to be my favorite verse. Psalm 91. Anybody been in Psalm 91 lately? I have whipped the devil with this verse many a time. This verse right here covers a lot of ground. Glory to God. Verse 16. Let's all read together. We got it up on the board? Psalm 91, 16. Ready, read. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's God talking to you. That's His will for you. It never changes. It doesn't mean you're going to die a short life prematurely and not make it and not finish it and not finish the hope and the plan and the future that the Lord has for you. It means that you're going to make it. It means that you're going to have a long life. It means you don't have to check out and leave till you're satisfied. For those of you that are 70, if you're not satisfied, stick around. If you're 80 and you're not satisfied, stick around. How long do I stay? Till you're satisfied. Till you're done with the course. Till you finish the race. Till you've done everything that he's called you to do. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to stick around. I'm going to finish my course. Brother Dave is not going to have to do my job. He's got enough to do. And it's going to be a good life, and I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to stay healed, and I'm always going to remember that I am the healed of the Lord protecting my health. How about you guys? How many healed folks have I got in here? Glory to God.